I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here, and uh, sorry, I'm a little bit late because I've been I've been jawing off off camera with our guest today because he's one of my favorites. And John Bevere's with me, and you know, actually, the whole Bevere family just a blessing. My only complaint, my only complaint, uh, John, is about your son Addison, who went to uh, Steamboat Springs with a group of men, great group of men, and uh, and we fellowship. We we kick the word of God around I say kick the word of God around don't, don't misunderstand we discussed the word of God and um and then we skied and Addison didn't ski and I thought what's wrong with this man's son he doesn't ski while you're in Steamboat Springs Colorado but that's a, not the topic today <laughs> it's called PTSD he broke but he broke his wrist in two places snowboarding when he was in high school and he doesn't want anything to do with the uh, snow again ah uh, okay I get that I think he probably <clears throat> told me that but you know sometimes you can't you have to live with courage, do you not? You, you can't. You can't let the things of the world knock you down. I mean, I, <laughs> this is my firstborn son. We can't lead into this with that. <laughs> it's so like you, Randy. I love you, man. Your sense of humor is excellent. Oh, uh, and I love. I, you know, I I really do, John. And this is not what I planned on saying. I, 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 Addison has a depth, man. And and I look at that, and you know, all your yeah. kids have shown some incredible depth and I look at that and honestly I go okay is this what it looks like when when your your parents really seek to instill godliness into your children and and I know the children have their own will they can do what they want but I I know you've done that and and I see fruit from it so that's an aside. I mean, he, Lisa says it all the time. He's a better version of her and I put together. You know, I mean, he's just, he's a remarkable man of God. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's got to make you feel good. So I love, I love your family. I love your, love your kids. Hope to spend more time with Addison, whether it's in the mountains or wherever. So um, we're going to talk about uh, a follow-up to a book. Now, now John, I, I think I may have mentioned this to you, John, but w you and I did a program on the awe of God, a book that you had out. It's been out a little while now. Uh, and we did it for broadcast is about a year. Okay. It's been out a year. Yeah. Well, man, I tell you what, it's done a lot in a year, uh, because we did a broadcast program and Tammy, my coast wasn't available that day. And they're like, can you do one-on-one -on -one with John? I was like, I'd love to do one-on-one -on -one conversation with John. We've run that program over and over because every single time we put that on broadcast, the response is phenomenal because it really is impacting people. And that, if you want to, just from a production standpoint, a rerun is about the highest honor you can get from, from a production standpoint because it means that, that people are responding, it, it, which means it's touching people, uh, it's blessing people, it's, it's helping people grow. So we've run that program a lot. And I just kind of smile because I thought it was a great conversation because what you're laying out was really good. So, You know, what's interesting, Randy, is, you know, I've written 24 books. Mm -hmm. And you think every book, okay, people are going to get a hold of this is going to change a lot of lives. <laughs> right, right. And I've had my, I mean, more, you feel like more than your share of going, wow, why didn't that book do better? And, um, you know, Beta Satan, I think just passed 6 million copies last September. All of God 
it's been out a year and no book I've ever written has exploded like this book. I mean, it's still in the top best-selling list month after month. And I have people coming up constantly. And I, I do believe there's reasons. I, I, I believe with all my heart, God is the one that says, I'm going to turn up the volume on this message because this is something for right now. Yeah, yeah. And I do believe that we're on the verge of an move of God that's going to bring holy awe back into the church. It's going to keep people from leaving the church. Over 30 million people have walked away from the faith since the year 2000. Hmm. Why? It is the awe or the holy, healthy fear of God that keeps us close to Jesus. Hmm. That has not been emphasized. And so it's so important. I remember the world-famous evangelist in prison saying, John, I love Jesus all the way through all my sin, all my judgment, my conviction, but I didn't fear God. And it's by the fear of the Lord we depart from evil, not by the love of God. That's when I realized that experientially looking at him in a penitentiary, his fourth year in that penitentiary, I love Jesus, John. I didn't fear God. And that's when I realized the fear of the Lord is clean. It endures forever. I mean, Lucifer led worship right before the throne, Randy, mm. right before the throne. He had no fear of God. He did not endure forever. If you look at Adam and Eve, they walk in the presence of his glory. They did not fear God. They didn't endure forever. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 19, the fear of the Lord is clean. It cleans us and it endures forever. That's why it was Jesus's treasure. That's why it was his delight. And that's why God calls in Isaiah 33, 6, the fear of the Lord, his treasure. It's his treasured gift to us to keep us close to him, the source of all life. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you for the sake of people who are maybe seeing this for the first time to talk about what fear is because we, we, yep. we have a lot of confusion around that. But I, real quick, I want to show people, uh, this is a follow-up that's just come out. Uh, called Everyday Courage, and I, this is a devotional. Uh, it's a, kind of a continuation of the awe of God, and what I think this points out is what happens when that fear is proper, that fear of the Lord, yeah. the awe of God is is proper in our lives. Well, you you say it, perfect love casts out all, all fear. We, uh, we tend to live under the wrong kind of fear, uh, and you're 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 flipping this whole thing around, putting things in perspective. Well, explain the right kind of fear. So the the the, the, the real problem is we put all fear into one bucket. Mm -hmm. It's called unhealthy fear. Mm -hmm. So that's why we wore the T-shirts in the '90s. No fear. That's why <laughs> FDR said the only thing to fear is fear itself. We as human beings in this generation have put all fears into the unhealthy bucket. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a healthy fear. The healthy fear of being mauled by a mother grizzly bear will give me the wisdom to not mess with her cubs in front of her. Right. The healthy fear of not falling 2,000 feet to my death will give me the wisdom to stay away from the edge. So the fear of God is not being afraid of God. That is not what the fear of God is. God's number one desire for all of us, Randy, is to be intimate with us. That's his desire, okay? Mm -hmm. 
You cannot be intimate with anybody you're afraid of. When Israel came out of Egypt, Moses brought him to the place that he met with God, Sinai, which is where the bush was. God comes down on the mountain, the people all run away. And Moses makes a statement in Exodus 20, 20 that should be a wake up for us. He said, hey, guys, don't be afraid. Do not fear because God's come to test you to see if his fear is in you hmm. so that you may not sin. He's not talking out of two sides of his mouth. He's differentiating between being scared of God and the holy, healthy fear of the Lord. So it's the fear of the Lord that Paul the Apostle tells us in Philippians 2 that our, our salvation is matured in fear and trembling. He said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, not with love and kindness, fear and trembling. That fear is a way of saying, I have such awe, such holy awe of God that I understand, I, I come to know more who he is. God himself said Job was the most righteous man on the planet. Yet when God appears to Job, Job says, I've heard you by the hearing of the ear. I've heard about you in church. But now that my eye sees you, I actually abhor myself. In other words, I realize who I am before this amazing God. Mm. Isaiah, the most righteous man in his generation, sees the Lord on his throne. He falls down on his face. He's undone, the Bible says, which means coming apart at the scenes. And he cries out, woe is me. He realizes who this holy God is he's serving and who he is before this holy God. John the Apostle was the closest disciple to Jesus, yet he sees him on the island of Patmos, and when he saw his countenance brighter than the sun, he fell down like a dead man. The fear of the Lord gives us the ability to see who God is in our heart, because Isaiah 45, 15 says, you are a God that hides yourself. So God has actually hidden his glory from us because he's revealed it to us in our heart. The fear of the Lord is the doorway into seeing and beholding his greatness as New Testament believers. So leading into what we're talking about, the church fathers for centuries and church fathers and mothers have taught us that the fear of the Lord, the healthy fear of the Lord, drives away all unhealthy fears. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if you, we, we have all these people today, you know, you know, 164 million Americans. This is a, I think this is a Time survey, a, a Time magazine survey. 164 million Americans, their number one enemy that they're fighting in their lives right now is anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. Okay, a good number of those 164 million Americans are believers that go to church every weekend. They're genuine believers. But because we've neglected to talk about the awe or healthy fear of God, what's happened is they're vulnerable to the fears with the narrative of our society. Jesus said men's hearts are going to faint because of what's coming on the earth. They are anxious. They're worried. They're troubled. But yet God says, can I read a scripture to you? Can I open this up? This <laughs> Absolutely. Is, I, I, I'm reading this on social media. I just did it in the studio yesterday because I felt like with this uh, solar eclipse, you know, that, that oh, that's gosh. happening April 8th, everybody's talking about it. And, and it's instilling some fear in some people. But anyway, yeah. I'm not saying that God doesn't speak to us 
through the heavens. The Psalm 19 makes that very clear. Yeah. What I am saying is you you got the wrong fear. I mean, when God comes on the scene, Jesus goes, do not fear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, right? He goes, do not fear. So he's, he's talking about the wrong kind of fear. But listen to, listen to this, Isaiah 8. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. Set him apart in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. Now listen to the next statement. He will keep you safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there's your promise. God says, if you, this is what the church fathers promised. They said, if you walk in the fear of God, it eradicates all unhealthy fears. Yeah. Well, we don't usually put fear and safety in the same sentence. <laughs> right? I know. Right. So I know. He, here's here's my question. Uh, if if because that you know we've had this conversation and and I know some people think, okay, um, how do I how do I check that? How do I know if I have a healthy fear, an awe of God? Do you, do you know how we would do a self-examination in that regard? Yes. Your heart trembles at the thought of veering away from him. Hmm. You are terrified of walking away, of missing him, fellowship with him. David what does he cry out when he sins against God? Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Mm. One, so he is terrified of leaving the presence of God. See, the presence of God, it is a promise to the believer. Jesus said, he who has my commands and keeps them, it is him I will manifest myself to. Now, manifest means what? It means to reveal clearly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it means to bring from the unknown realm into the known realm. It's when we sense God's tangible presence. Moses said, this is what will set us apart from all the other people on the earth. Mm -hmm. David said, in your presence is fullness of joy. What is the joy of the Lord? It's our strength. Now we're talking about courage. So this is, this is what makes a person courageous. I mean, I, in, in, in writing this devotional, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at second century Christians, third century Christians, 15th century Christians. They literally were going to be burned at the stake. They were going to be torn apart by animals. Mm -hmm. Yet here's a 22-year-old I, I write about, and her, her name escapes me. P -p -p it starts with a P. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in one of the opening chapters. But here she is on trial for her Christianity. And this, this, this counselor said, all you have to do is bow down to the Roman gods and, you know, we'll, we'll let you go. And she said no. And her father pleaded with her to say yes. The judge had the father beat right before his, her eyes. And when a Roman beat you, you got beat. And it still didn't dissuade her. And the judge said, all right, tomorrow you're going to be thrown in with the wild animals. And she left that trial rejoicing that she was going to be able to glorify God by being torn apart by wild animals. And you wonder, what gives a girl 
a 22 year old girl, I believe her age was that kind of courage. It's the holy fear of God. That is superhuman for a 22 year old girl to be able to walk in that kind of courage. That's what we need in this day we're living in, Randy. We need that kind of courage. Yeah. Uh, Perpetua, I think. Does that sound per, right? Per, perpetua, perpetua or Perpetua. One yeah. of the two. Yeah, you've got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, uh, he just, okay, to give sort of a negative example, and I think, tell me if this doesn't illustrate it a little bit. Uh, you know, I I grew up, obviously, in James and Betty Robinson's house, right? And there was, <laughs> there was given some of our, our background, which is a little legalistic at times, I mean, there was there was some fear, and and that natural naturally when you're a kid, you your parents instills uh, what should be a, a healthy fear. It can instill an unhealthy fear too. Went off to college, you know, by myself, um, and I did things that I would never have done at home because their presence was not there. Right? Is that maybe a little bit of an indicator of how we've kind of we're not living with the awe of god if we're i mean literally we say the holy spirit's with us and jesus will never leave us or forsake us but we act like he's not in the room so um the kind of the kind of atmosphere you grew up in i would call that an atmosphere of being oversaved <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason i say that is i always say that about our home when our four boys were being brought up. Mm -hmm. And as time went by, I realized, you know, I came out of a Catholic background, but in my zeal, I, I swung the pendulum and became a little oversaved or legalistic, right? And and thank God for his mercy. He brought me back where I hope it's more of a balance now, where I'm walking in a healthy love and joy and compassion, but also a reverence and a holy fear, right? Yeah. And I think there is a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I'm going to quote to you Paul's words, because for years and years, I always saw these words that Paul wrote in Philippians as a letter he is writing to the Philippians. Well, one day God uses it to me, and he said, no, John, this is not Paul writing the Philippians. This is me speaking to you, because this is my word. And I went, whoa. So Paul makes a statement in Philippians 2.12. He says, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. <laughs> okay, stop right there. Let's just make this really clear. You just stated that. Okay, let me give you another example. Easy to obey God when you're in service, when you're in a conference, the presence of God's there. You're around believers. Right. What about 11 o'clock at night when you're surfing the web and you run across pornography? Okay. As you always obey, not only my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for mm. it is God who is mm. working in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. The fear of the Lord gives me the ability to obey when I don't sense God's presence, when things aren't going my way. Okay, mm. let's talk about Joseph. Joseph is given a dream by God. You're going to be a leader and your brothers will serve you. What's his next big move? It's a pit. Right. Okay. What's the next big move? I'm going to become a slave in an Egyptian household. And my dad thinks I'm dead and gone. And so he's not going to look for me. Yeah. 
What's the next move? I get approached by my master's wife in the house alone daily. Not once, every day she's trying to seduce me. She's probably got a seducing spirit up to her eyeballs. Yeah. She's dressed in the best, scented in the best. Her husband's not at home. Nobody's in the house. Nobody's going to know. His dream hasn't come to pass in over 10 years. God made a promise to him. 10 years, nothing's happening. Matter of fact, I'm going backwards from that dream. I'm no leader of my brothers. I'm actually a slave in an Egyptian household. Yeah. Okay. It looks pretty disappointing. God, you've disappointed me. Okay. She's now seducing him. What does he do? God forbid, I will not sin against God and lie with you. Nobody's going to know. He flees sexual immorality. Right. Believe me, he is in that place much more in his absence. He's at home at the university. You got it? Mm -hmm. He's not being, but yet he obeys God. And what does his obedience cost him? It costs him years in the dungeon, in Pharaoh's dungeon. Now God brings the biggest test. It wasn't even the woman. Now it's the biggest test. It's God brings two men, a butler and a baker. Okay? What's the test? They had dreams. They said, would you please? Now, you're two years in a dungeon. <laughs> in a dungeon. No sunlight. I've been in Middle Eastern dungeons. Oh, my gosh. They're horrid places. I can't imagine spending three days in one of them, let alone more than two years. So here comes these two guys. We had dreams. Now, if Joseph is like a lot of people who don't walk in the fear of God, you know what Joseph's going to look at them and say? You yeah. had a dream yeah. last night? I had, I had a too. dream once. <laughs> I had a dream yeah. once. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. Because I had a dream I was going to leave my brothers, and it's gone from pit to slavery to now in a dungeon. Just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does he do? He fears God, and he proclaims the faithfulness of God and interprets their dreams. Yeah. That's that's what it means to fear the Lord. Mm. Joseph walked in that. And that's why he is, Daniel walked in that. The, Joseph and Daniel are two of my favorite characters in the Old Testament because of the fear of God. Man, we made it illegal to pray. You pray, you're going to the lion's den. What does he do? Go home, open up his window so everybody <laughs> can see, and he prays. Yeah. And he says, uh-uh, you're not going to get me to sin. You're not going to threaten me. He has the courage to pray. And he gets thrown into that lion's den. So that's that's what, that's what we're looking for today. We're looking for right. believers like that in America. And it, yeah. I'll tell you something. When the world starts seeing people like this, they're going to realize that God is the Lord, that he is the one. He is the way, the truth, and life. That Jesus, there is no salvation except for anyone from Jesus or in, in any other place other than the name of Jesus. And this is what's going to bring the multitudes that are in the valley of decision into the kingdom of God. I believe it with all my heart. Everybody wants that, but but they don't stop to think that it could land you in a lion's den or a dungeon because there can be a cost to, to, to living with everyday courage like that. Um, but I like how this is where exactly where I wanted to go to, to kind of cap this off. When we understand what you're talking about, when we live with that, that fear, the one that makes us run from immorality, right? Because we, we, we know that that'll separate us from God's presence and 
we value that more than anything. How does that, how does that enable us to, to walk through the mess of this world uh, with, I mean, to, to me, it's like, like, like in Revelation, the, the brightness of God makes all the problems of this world and the fears of this world just kind of pale in comparison. Isn't that how we have to live? Yes, sir. You know, when I was an engineer 40, over 40 years ago for Rockwell International, we worked on something called an internal navigational system. And that navigational system would give planes the ability to fly no matter how bad the weather was. Now, this is 40 years ago. So this was hot new technology. And the fear of the Lord is an internal navigation system. It keeps us centered. It keeps us on course mm -hmm. when everything around us is absolutely, ultimately crazy. And so this is why when sitting down with HarperCollins and we discussed this, they were so passionate about getting this mass message out every way possible because they, they too were so burdened by the people that are slipping away. You know, there's a verse of scripture that I just wish we'd talk about a little more. And it's Hebrews chapter two, verse one. And it says, we must pay very close attention to the truth we've heard lest we drift away from it. Mm. Now, as a boy who grew up on White Lake, Michigan, I loved to fish. If I didn't anchor, if I got out there in my small boat and I was so excited about fishing and I didn't anchor, I'd be fishing away and 30 minutes later, I'd look up and I wouldn't even recognize the shoreline. I didn't even know where I was. <laughs> that being said, drifting doesn't happen knowingly. The 30 million yeah. Americans yeah. that have walked away from the faith, Randy, mm -hmm. none of them said, oh, one day I'm just going to walk away from Jesus. They drifted away. And all of a sudden they woke up and they found themselves not even recognizing the shoreline. And they're like, I've lost my way, but yet they don't know how to find that way back. And that's where I believe we've got to help. That's where, you know, John was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I believe God's going to raise up an army of men and women, and many of them are going to be young and old or young. They're going to go after the lost sheep in the church. And I believe they're going to carry a message that in one fashion or another doesn't emphasize just the love that God has for them, but the holy fear of God that will draw them back. Because that is the beginning of knowing God intimately. Proverbs 1.7 and Proverbs 2.5 tells us that. Psalm 25 verse 14 says that intimacy with God is reserved only for those who fear him. Hmm. Hmm. Man, this is a lot. Uh, it, I think for people, you, you, this is not one of those things that you just you kind of hear and walk away and go, that was nice. This is something that we need to internalize. Uh, and really treat with the weight uh, that that it should have in our lives. This is a significant message. Uh, I appreciate you. Is, uh, anything you want to add before I let you go? Um, I might have one correction here at the end here, but did we did we cover it the way you want to cover it? I know there's we could probably keep. No, going I just I, I want to say that it you know you've got the devotional. It's a 50 day devotional. How wonderful! You know, Easter to Pentecost is 50 days. What a great way. But I would say this. 
you know, um, when I, <laughs> when Lisa bought her blow dryer, hair dryer for her and I, there's an attachment that comes on it that focuses the air, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I can have that attachment, but if I don't have the dryer, the attachment is not very valuable. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. No, it's it's not as useful. Yeah. Probably not a good example, but <laughs> what I'm saying is this if if they if you your listeners don't have the of God, that's where I would start. Okay. Because to me, Everyday Courage, the book you have, mm -hmm. that's an attachment. Gotcha. That's a spin-off. Now, it stands on its own. If you just say, no, I just want a 50-day devotional, I'm not going to discourage that. But I'm going to say, this is the meat. This is the engine behind what gives us courage. And that's that. that I just want to point your listeners to get, get it in on Amazon. Don't go to our ministry. Don't spend all your time putting an address in and credit card and all that. You all are prime members. <laughs> Just hit the one button, have it at your house in two days. That that I don't care. You know, the money goes to be those, but you know the way I see it, Randy? It's all going to burn up one day. <laughs> but what's not going to burn up right. is the word of God that changes our lives, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't care where you get it. I just want to make it easy for them. Yeah, man. You can go to christianbook.com as well, by the way. They, yeah. They hate being left out in the cold. <laughs> also, yeah. you can go to johnbevere.com. It looks like this, and it's got the awe of God right there in front. So, But the important thing, again, is, is not where you go. It's that you get it uh, and that you, you start to— walk in that it's it's ah man john this is this is the kind of thing that'll change someone's life i mean literally it changed my life randy yeah and i've never been the same since since yeah. 1994 when god opened my eyes to this yeah man well i appreciate you always love talking to you uh, oh i do and... i love talking to you i love your sense of humor <laughs> and i love your love for truth so to find somebody with a great sense of humor <laughs> and a love for truth. Oh, that's so refreshing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, some people appreciate it. Others, not so much, but that's kind of <laughs> where was I? Let's play some music. Say goodbye. Uh, do check out uh, the awe of God, everyday courage. It will, it will transform your life truly because it's the word of God. And it's John just speaks it in a way that we understand. So appreciate you guys being here. Hit like, follow, subscribe. If you haven't done that, Check out this book right here. We'll see you again next time on Life Today Live. Randy, you're...